We are back, and it is a very special week because this is the first time that Kevin and I are recording in the same room. What's up, Kev? Hey, Scotty. <laughs> so, yeah, you guys can't see it, but we hope you can feel the energy of uh, the two of us together. Alas, it has happened. Uh, here back in Pittsburgh for the holidays and had to cut out some time to do a live vodcast with my boy. Yeah, and I think this week is going to go a lot smoother because uh, in other episodes, we're just talking on the phone, basically. We can't see each other, uh, so it might not seem as natural, but now in the same room, I think this is going to be great. <laughs> I can't wait. The, the camaraderie is here, the, the passion, it's just it's a great experience. It's like the good old days. We are currently watching Tuesday night football, pretty shitty games going on, at least the one we're watching, the, the Rams and the Seahawks, uh, very... Piss poor first half, but it looks like the Seahawks are coming out with a pretty decent drive here. Um, so we might uh, just give uh, some commentary on the games throughout, but uh, we have to air some grievances today. Um, so let's get right into it. Uh, the Steelers did come away with a win against the Titans, but my God, that was one of the ugliest wins I've ever watched. <laughs> I, you could say it, I mean, for about half the games this year, you, you think it can't get any uglier, and somehow we find a way. So, Scott had the pleasure of being there live. Tell us about your experience there, Scotty. Uh, well, the first half was uh, a lot of boos, you know, to the offense. Uh, got pretty loud in there at times. A lot of boos towards the punter. He had a couple shanks. Um, yeah, and then a lot of bitching and moaning in the crowd, which was... Uh, it, it got really annoying, though. I, the one kid that was sitting behind me, I thought he, I mean, he complained after every damn play. It was very annoying. But it sounded like he was going to cry after every play. It was like, why are you doing that? Like, it was just like, dude, shut the fuck up. You got to act like you've been there at some point, even if you haven't, you know? Yeah, and, th and this was like a 22-year-old kid, so, you know, act like you've been there before. Um, oh, he was 22? Oh, yeah, I mean, he was... I he, thought you were describing a six-year-old. No, I mean, he sounded like one. I, yeah, no, he, I mean, he oh, he was around our age, so, I mean, it was it was pretty embarrassing for him. Yikes. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I mean, the turnovers were great. We had we did have some things to celebrate. Um, but, yeah, this, I mean, the defense has to really shore up their running game, their running defense. Yeah. I think they had 200 yards again against us. That's, like four weeks in a row now um and you need to look at this from a different perspective uh you know sometimes that's the game plan is you know uh centered on the run that's probably what the uh we're gonna make them run but like it's Ryan. and this is no knock on Tannehill. i actually like him a lot he's having a down year for sure lack of weapons julio jones got hurt no aj brown so there, there should have been a focus on the run game this time, uh, and it just that was all that was really working for him. I don't know why they didn't run it every time, um, but we came away with big turnovers. Defense stepped up, so yeah, uh, yeah. It's funny, it's funny you say that because I was talking to my uncle at the game. He he took me shout out, Uncle Mark. Um, we were talking like, why do teams even bother throwing the ball against us at this point right now? I mean, our run defense is so bad. Um, I might give you a reason. It's because our pass defense is kind of bad, too. Yeah. Not as bad, but it's, it's still, I'm sure, bottom half in the league uh, for sure. Having Joe Hayden back this week, I mean, that man might have 
might have saved the game. Some big tackles, the big stop on fourth down to, to end the game. So big, big impact he had in his first game back. I think it was a four-game absence, uh, whatever it was. I don't think it's going to, you know, save the Steelers' defense no. um, in the past game. But it, you could tell there was a slight impact. So uh, it was good to have him back. Great stop at the end. That was a great tackle. Yeah, but now, we, I mean, at least now we have someone else that can tackle, not just Minka Fitzpatrick. That's true. I mean, you'd think they'd be paying uh, Minka Devin Bush's salary this year because I think he's doing all his all his work. So No, yeah. Every, every time I see Devin Bush on screen, he's chasing after someone after, yeah. he, after he got burned. Yeah, chasing after like <clears throat> 10 yards behind. Yeah. It's not even a close foot race. <laughs> Yeah, And uh, as we're talking, we want to keep you guys up to date. The uh, Seattle Seahawks just punched in the opening drive of the second half, uh, a run by DJ Dallas. Um, so they have uh, now taken the lead 9-3 uh, to three pending a uh, point after. Yeah. Um, also, speaking of the Titans, Ke- I know Kevin wanted to air some grievances about this. Uh, go ahead, Kev. Yeah, and um, this, is, this is not just a one-game reaction. This is over the course. I know Scott and I have always said, you know, we hate the Baltimore Ravens, but there's a level of respect to that organization because they're a good team, good program. Um, the, the Tennessee Titans are the Juju Smith-Schuster of teams. Like if you're if and not even trying to knock Juju, you know he's hurt. I, I I don't have any beef with him, but they stomp on the logo of the Steelers before the game. They were pretty much just calling their victory on Saturday, which I know there was Saturday football this week, but the game is still Sunday. But they're just annoying. Like it, it, it's unbelievable how entitled they are to see Jonathan Taylor having the outstanding season he is, and all Tennessee fans can say is. He doesn't deserve it if Derrick Henry didn't win it last year. There's no knock on the previous year. You know, there, there's a level of respect, kind of like Penguins fans when it comes to Crosby and Ovechkin. I'm actually a big Ovechkin fan. I like to see them both succeed. If you can't, if you can't watch one succeed without just bringing yourself down, that's just poor fansmanship and just flat-out obnoxious, if you ask me. So that's my annoyance with Tennessee fans. I don't like the Predator fans either, but that's off topic. So I just needed to let that out. The Titans stomped on our logo before the game, called their shot, and they got burned. So Well, they did that to the Ravens uh, last year, two that's, years ago, and then I mean. uh, John Harbaugh was out there, and he was going, hey, Mark, what the fuck are you doing? And Mark Vrabel's just like, hey, fuck you, John. Go suck my dick. And then uh, I think they ended up winning that game. They did. But then they in, got it, the last. Oh, yeah, you're but right. Then, you're but then in the playoffs, the Ravens beat the Titans, and then they went out on their logo mm-hmm. and it's, started waving goodbye. I mean, it's all about the last laugh. And to me, the Titans have never been in a position to get the last laugh. They've been to one Super Bowl in the last twenty years, and they lost it to the Rams in what, what was that ninety nine two thousand? Yeah, sure. I don't know. We were one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, just the audacity of them to think they're entitled to all this bullshit is just beyond me. And and I hate to say this because I'm a, I'm a big fan of Derrick Henry. I love the guy. I like Mark uh, Mark Rabel. Or Mike Rabel. Yeah. Mark Rabel was a... Did I say Mark? I don't know. Earlier? <laughs> For those of you who don't know, we attended high school with a kid named Mark Rabel. If he's listening, shout out to you, Mark. Um, but Mike Rabel... <laughs> um, and, and it's just a shame because I feel like they're just making themselves look bad, uh, which, you know, the Steelers are great at doing. So uh, just it's a bad look. Yeah. Um, so going back to the Steelers, I want to go back to two weeks ago Ugh. whenever we played the Vikings. Uh, Kevin, I'm officially done with Chase Claypool and Mike Tomlin. 
I know I say this every year every other ab- year. about Mike Tomlin, <laughs> but this year I'm officially done and I'm never going back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's been ugly and I, I I even said this last year after the playoff loss to the Browns. Anyone that was knocking Juju Smith-Schuster, and I saw a very good article or tweet, whatever the heck it was, from someone at The Score, um, if anyone uses Score mobile app, and it said, Chase Claypool is what people think Juju Smith-Schuster is, and it was the most accurate thing ever, because, like, yeah, Juju's a dumb kid, he likes to TikTok and dance or whatever, but he plays well and his head's in the game when he's playing. Chase Claypool's mind is never where it needs to be, for those of you, Scott, tell them what happened. Um, well, yeah, I mean, they're, well, they're, he got, he ended up getting benched, um, in that game earlier because he was an idiot and decided to stick his finger in the face mask of one of the Vikings players. No reason at all. I mean, he just made a play and then he decides to get up and start getting unsportsmanlike conducts. So he got benched after that for a bit. Then on the last play of the drive, uh, time running down. Uh, he, 20 seconds. Yeah, he gets a first, no timeouts, he gets a first down. He decides to get up and celebrate. You know, he's got the fingers going, first down, he's standing there. And then one of the offensive linemen is like, what the fuck are you doing? So he goes to try, try to grab the ball. Ball ends up getting knocked out. You know, I mean, we lost an extra play on that because of that I, be- I believe it finished out at uh, around 13 seconds I, I uh, timed it from the second he did his little kneel and point for the first down uh, to when they snapped the the ball and it was about 13 or 14 seconds now sure regardless of how he celebrated it probably would have taken like four or five seconds yeah but you double almost triple that and that's an extra play for those of you who aren't watching time expired on a uh, pass to Pat Fryermuth. Almost sealed the sealed the catch, uh, and would have we would have had to get two point conversion to win the game or tie the game, excuse me. But it would have given you another chance. It was broken up by a great defensive play by Harrison Smith, um, and it would have been another play. So who knows what would have happened? Um, but uh, then, you know, when after he celebrates the ball, all that commotion, we end up spiking it. He's over there. He's he's pissed off. He's yelling at the linemen. Even though it's completely his fault. The lineman was just trying to get you to, to get the ball quickly. I mean, I saw so many comparisons of Chase Claypool and Larry Fitzgerald that week. Because Larry Fitzgerald would, I mean, he would sprint faster to the line of scrimmage than actually running routes. He, Larry Fitzgerald, he might have, on the sidelines, been able to go get that ball, put it down, and get off the field in less time. <laughs> like, that's how laser-focused Larry Fitzgerald is. And that's the difference between a Hall of Fame wide receiver... Mm-hmm and some dope kid that thinks he's entitled uh, more than he should be. And and here's my biggest problem, and this is not related to his antics or focus mm-hmm. personality. He had a terrible game this past weekend mm-hmm. against Tennessee. I believe it was... He got benched again. One cat, yeah. A couple drops, and uh, it just seems like it's not working out. And I mm-hmm. do believe that he's a talented player, and I think he'll have a pretty good career. If he I can do, mature. If he can mature, I do not think it will be with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I just think at this point the cultural fit is not there anymore. So no. I'm, 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 uh, I'm off the Chase Claypool train. Yeah, but if you thought that saga ended during the game, oh, oh buddy, just wait. Until you see the presser. 
He had the post-game press conference where he blatantly just blamed the offensive lineman. Who was the offensive lineman? I'm blanking. Trey Turner. Trey Turner. Veteran, veteran out of – we just got him from L.A., I believe. He basically just threw Trey Turner under the bus, and I don't think anybody is buying that. No, and it was like one of those subtle things where he's like – when the guy asks, like, well, what happened there? He goes, oh, you know, like, I got to be better. I got to be focused. But, you know, the guy knocked the ball out of my hand, and that's what wasted time. It's like, no, yeah. no, 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 you were right at first. You got to be better. Yeah. Stop that. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't just say <clears> – <throat> that because you can think you can get away with it but yeah so and so the reason why i'm done with mike tomlin it that game really uh just was the final straw for me because we're down 23 nothing i mean our team is dead nobody's playing well and you got mike tomlin standing on the sideline not saying anything not yelling you had ben roethlisberger yelling at tomlin uh which i loved um, seven, baby. Yeah. Gotta love seven. Uh, but, I mean, what are you doing to fire these people up? Are you just giving up? I mean, why – in this – I mean, this is a running theme just for all year. Why is it we can't come out of the, in the first half and score? I mean, I saw something like we have just as many points in the first uh, through third quarter as we do in the fourth. So we have just as many points in the fourth quarter alone as the other three. If you had told me that it was more in the fourth, I would have believed you. Yeah. Like, I mean, we're, we're the worst quarters one through three team in the NFL. We might damn well be the best fourth quarter team in the NFL, yeah. which is just miraculous that I could even say something like that. But. Yeah, I mean, you, and you can, you know, chalk that up to a couple different factors. Like, our defense is changing their style, not, you know, playing softer, you know, all that stuff. But, I mean, still, like... Why is it so damn hard for us to just get, like, a field goal in the first half? <laughs> yeah. And and this will be, uh, you know, this is going to be one of those times. Uh, Scott and I have been um, on opposite ends of this, uh, I guess, debate, the Tomlin debate for a long time. And I, uh, while I think I'm starting to look into it more and more, I still am not off the Tomlin train. Uh, and that's because, one, regardless of how it happens... This team does what a run. Oh yeah, Sony Michelle breaking free for like a 30, 40 yard run there. So <clears throat> Rams are moving right back. Rams are in the red zone. Yep, and um, <clears throat> so that's the thing is something is happening in the end of these games. <clears throat> maybe it's not Tomlin. Maybe it's Ben. Maybe it's just figuring it out. But if it's if we're gonna knock coaching, then maybe he is inspiring these late game comebacks. I mean, the Steelers <laughs> were we didn't get goosed in the first half this week. Did we get three? We had three, yeah. We had three, which you know, call what it's terrible still. But we came back and forced like three turnovers in the second half. We got the ball moving, scored a couple touchdowns, or maybe just one touchdown, and it's it's there we are again. So I don't know. I think Tomlin still has a good, I guess, persona that people want to play for. I think there's a personnel issue and discipline issue that needs to be solved. Yeah. But he took he took action. He benched Claypool last week. He totally shit on him in between these last two weeks. And then he benched him again this week when he uh, sucked butts. So we're watching the game here, and something tells me, Scott, that the uh, Rams are about to punch in a touchdown. What do you say? Uh, yeah, I say so. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. It's second and goal, and uh, they're on the six-yard line, so... We'll see what happens here, but... Shotgun formation. Seems like a Cooper Cup play to me. I'll let you know what happens. Oh, the announcer seems to agree. It's like Cooper yeah. Cup. Yep. Right. Yep, there it is. The end zone, Cooper Cup. 
Now, if anyone was doubting the genius of Scott <laughs> and I, well, we're just kidding. We saw it pop up on the uh, ESPN app first, uh, <laughs> a little behind here. But, yeah, so that's where Scott and I differ a little bit. I'm not ready to, you know, pull the trigger on um, Tomlin's career in Pittsburgh yet. I am ready to set adrift our coordinators on both ends of the ball. Matt Canada sucks. Yeah, he's, he's the worst. <laughs> the worst ever. So bad. Yeah. And I don't think Butler's any good either. The fact that we can come out week after week, and that's I know we've got guys hurt. It's no excuse to allow this many rushing yards week, week in, in, week out. And week out. Yep. So I, I, you got to have a better plan. You got to have better execution. I don't know what's going on, but I'm done with both of them. So um, that's, that's my personal stance. I'm willing to let Tomlin... Never had a losing season. The coaching well, the thing, realm is well, terrible. Well, that's I was just about to say that. I mean, I'd be willing to let go of Tomlin, but I'm I'm not right now because I mean, he's, nobody better. There's nobody better. I think he I think he desperately needs to change his coaching style and he needs to change his discipline uh, and get a hold of that locker room because it seems like every fucking year whoever we draft someone, they become a problem. I agree. Uh, pretty relatively soon. I agree, and that's maybe that's just a new wave of athletes. You know, you got a bunch of guys that are kind of like that. OBJ was like mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, it's just all over the place. Um, but yeah, that's my personal stance. And I'll uh, I'll leave it at that. I know I had a lot to say, but yeah, I think that's enough for the. Oh, shout out to TJ Watt for TJ! for breaking the Steelers' uh, all-time single-season sack. He's at uh, seventeen and a half. Yeah, past James Harrison, so that was cool. Um, but yeah, Steelers need to get better. And Wizard, shout out Wizard of Boz. Money. If not for him, we we would be like one in fifteen at this He's point. Cold blooded <laughs> kicker right there. Yeah. Beast. Um. All right. On to a sadder note. We lost another great coach. Uh, this past week. Um, and when I say great, I mean. A fucking nightmare of a coach, Urban Meyer. See ya. <laughs> it, it only took a scandal getting grinded up at by uh, some hot twenty-year-old at a bar. Uh, it only took his coaches revolting against him and telling his coaches that they sucked or called him losers, whatever it was. Yeah. And then what was the final kicker? The final was, uh, was oh, the kicker. Oh, okay. see, see what I did there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The humor. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, rumor has it from Josh Lambeau, former Jaguars kicker, that Urban Meyer kicked him <laughs> in, in practice. practice and said. I'm the, quote, head ball coach. I'll kick you whenever I want. So I'm not sure what life was like at Ohio State for the last 15 years. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I don't know. How, to, how did anybody come out of that program with... Uh, but goodbye, Urban Meyer. Um, your 13, 14 games, whatever it was, in Jacksonville was nothing short of abysmal. Yeah. So, I mean, it all started with him bringing in Tim Tebow. That should have <laughs> that, that, that rid up. Oh, uh, that lit up some red flags. Yeah, it feels like lo- it was two years. Ago. <laughs> <For> a, <laughs> it was only like seven months. Here. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. So start with that. <clears throat> On to the groping, uh, the coaches, and then oh, finally the kicker. Uh, Is that it? Is that all he did? I'm sure. I think there was one more in there, but I'm blanking on it. Hmm. I don't know. I, I'm sure there's more stuff. Oh, that. I mean, Jacksonville is just a mess. And, and in result, 
the future of the NFL, Trevor Lawrence, is uh, seems to be taking the biggest blow. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, folks, is having an awful year. Awful, and, awful. And I get it. He's a rookie. Fine. I get it. He's playing for a bad team. Fine. But the case can no longer be made for those because um, someone else is also a rookie, but instead of being drafted first overall and called, you know, the future of the NFL, he was drafted like the fourth round by the Texans, and his name is Davis Mills. Davis Mills. They got the chance to square off this week, and, and, and nothing super incredible. Davis Mills threw for 209 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. And they ended up winning the game by 15, 14, 30 to 16. Trevor Lawrence passed for 210 with zero touchdowns. Let's keep in mind, folks, he's thrown one touchdown in the last six or seven weeks now. So they, so they threw for the same yards. One less touchdown and one less pick. So do what you want. He took five sacks. Not great. I, you, can, you can maybe blame the team, but it, it, you would have to be willing to say that the Texans are in tip-top shape if that's what you want to do. Yeah, no, I mean, the Texans and Jaguars are on the same level. Let's be real. And, you know, if you actually watch some of the games, I know a lot of people haven't because who wants to watch the fucking Jags? Especially even, when they play the Texans. <laughs> even, even though it's Trevor Lawrence. Um, he, I mean, a lot of his throws do not look very good. No. Um, so like even when he does get protection and you know all that stuff, it's it. He's just not where he needs to be right now, and you know maybe, I know he you know and you could bring that back to Urban Meyer. I mean his first season has not been ideal at all. You know a lot. I mean a lot because a lot of you know first overall picks they go to shitty teams, um, but they don't have all the distractions that he's had to deal with apparently. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, I mean I think I mean he'll get better. He just they just I mean the Jags need to get better around them. This is this is going to be a process. So, you know, they're going to have to trust the process here. This is going to be a tough climb for Jacksonville, which, you know, has seemingly been the last eight years, ten years, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I'm not willing to say that Trevor Lawrence is trash yet, but he's having a trash year, and I don't think anyone can say otherwise because it's just a matter of the fact. When you get outgunned mm-hmm. barely by Davis Mills, that's not ideal. No, you don't want that. So, um, oh, speaking, of, um, let's let's move on to the COVID going around the league. Uh, I know you wanted to bring this up a little bit. What do you have to say? Because well, I know these the games right now we're watching. Yeah. And last night we're all affected by it. So yeah. So for anyone wondering why Scott and I are here watching football on Tuesday night. Um, some people may remember. It's kind of great, though, isn't it? It's not bad. I mean, the worst things have happened, and Russell Wilson takes a deep shot downfield. And oh, no, he didn't catch bring it. it. Oh, he almost had it. Almost Got had a it. Hand the rookie D. Eskridge almost had it. Um, but the reason we're able to provide you with the sweet color commentary that we are is because uh, the Rams had a bad COVID outbreak in the program. Now, a lot of you may remember back at the beginning of the season – the NFL came out and said, we're not going to do that this year. It happened last year. The Steelers were at the butt end of it a few times where we have to change your schedule and adjust your bye week and all this stuff. And now, you know, you're going to have to play on a Tuesday and then you're going to have to play on Thursday. You're not going to get any break and this and that. So they said they weren't going to do that. And the team with the outbreak is just going to have to forfeit. Apparently, not when it comes to the Rams and the Browns, though. Cleveland and L.A. were hit really, really hard. And I guess maybe Washington football team, too, but... Who really cares about them at this point? But 
I think it's pretty uh, pretty low of uh, the NFL to make Seattle and Las Vegas, and I guess Philly, go through this because uh, the Rams ended up losing like five, six. I think the total number was up to 20 players. Five of them maybe were relevant. But they got a couple of those guys back for this game, and in that time, Seattle lost a couple guys. Alex Collins, starting running back, who, you know, is not that good anyways. But Tyler Lockett, leading receiver, that sort of thing can make a difference, and he managed to fall on the COVID list, uh, I think, on Sunday. So it would have been the game time. So not cool. It seems that maybe they're looking out for, like, the Rams and the Browns. Um, and that's just my thoughts. I mean, if you're going to give the advantage to one of those teams, it's totally unfair over the course of what can happen over two days. So... That's yeah. just my thought. I think that's a lousy move by the NFL. Uh, I don't, I'm not rooting for forfeiting. I'd like to watch football, but it's not fair to the team that you know didn't get a COVID outbreak and now they're paying the price. Yeah, because uh, yeah, like you said, the same thing happened to the Steelers last year, which basically uh, effectively erased our bye week. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we got screwed. These teams are getting screwed. The Browns, you know, they got a lot of their players back. So. Yeah, it's, it's kind of just scummy on the, the NFL's part, but... Yeah, and I mean, I get it. You know, we're trying to get the players. We want them to play, this and that. But it seems like they're, it creates a, quite the disadvantage for the other team. Um, so, I guess we'll see. I mean, keep in mind, the Denver Broncos last year had to start a wide receiver at quarterback. Yeah. They didn't give them any ex- extension. They didn't give them any opportunity to sign someone else or give them a break. So... Uh, it just seems like they're picking and choosing their battles here. Um, and, you know, the Browns still lost. Baker Mayfield was really upset, and maybe I didn't understand exactly what he was upset about because it seems like that helped the Browns. Yeah. But he went off at the uh, at the NFL and the NFL Players Association. They're making this decision together, so it's, it's hard to just knock the NFL. Mm-hmm. But it kind of sounds like I don't know what they're upset about. The Browns still lost, so that was hilarious. But um, just seems low. That's all I got to say. Yeah, I, I wasn't really watching the end of that Browns game, but I was checking up the updates on my phone. And, you know, with a couple minutes left, you know, I saw they were down, then they scored, so they took the lead, and I was like, oh, that's it, there's like a minute left. Or, or then uh, the, he threw a pick, and so the Browns got the ball back, and yeah. so I was like, oh, that's it. But they then uh, the Raiders got it back with, I don't know, like a mi- minute and a half yeah, or something, something left. Low, no timeouts. Uh, got into field goal range and drilled it. <laughs> Game winner. So. And man, those Browns fans' reactions were are always priceless. <laughs> Did you see, I saw a video on Twitter of this Browns fan that was crying in his car. It was one of the funniest things. I mean, this guy's literally in tears, and he was like, "This one, I've never cried over a Browns loss before, but this one hurts." And I was like, "This one of of all of them, like, dude." And I think even like Ramon Foster. A former Steeler saw it and was like, who's this pussy or something? I don't know. So. Yeah, but uh, with that field goal, if the Raiders missed that field goal, the Browns would have been first place in the AFC North and in uh, position in, for the playoffs. But now they're like, uh, let's see, 12th in the AFC. So they're uh, – but, I mean, the AFC is so packed. It's I mean, they're only a game back from – being in the playoffs too, so they're only a game and a half back from, you know, or I guess two games because they lose the tiebreaker, but from being in first place in the AFC North, so yeah, coming down to the wire, that's for sure. Yeah, the AFC is not. I think last episode we talked about how packed it is, and it is 
maybe even just gotten more jam-packed, so... Yeah, uh, some uh, rare emergences. The Dolphins have now won six games in a row to reach 7-7. Seven and seven. They are in the hunt. That win for the Raiders also keeps them at 7-7. Seven and seven. Browns 7-7, seven and seven. Broncos 7-7. Seven and seven. Steelers seven six and one, so that you know that might as well be seven and seven. You you tie the Lions, you lose. Like that could end up hurting the Steelers. They're in the playoffs if they win that game, Scott. Yep. So yeah, well, it's gonna be a crazy couple weeks to finish off the season. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No really. No real idea what's gonna happen. Um. I don't know. We we'll shall see. see. It's kind of the opposite of the NFC. The NFC's got these big hitters, the Packers, the the Bucks, the Cardinals, the Rams, Cowboys. And then it kind of teeters <clears> off. You've got the Vikings and Saints and 49ers scrapping for the wild card spot, but no one else is really in the picture. Yeah. Um but. Yo, Kev, what the fuck is going on in Arizona? I don't know. Uh, for you know, you know, Scott and I are big Kyler Murray fans. If you guys have figured out, but I also love the Detroit Lions. I love the heart and the, the fighting. You know, it's 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 great stuff. So, uh, question to answer your question, Scott, I don't have the fucking clue what's going on in Arizona. I, it is so weird, but uh, yeah, the Lions have heart. They're playing for their coach. Um, I honestly thought they would have given up on him after his little tear fest after yeah. the one game, but you know it showed he cares, and they—they they, I think they saw that. Yeah, I love the passion. Didn't, didn't, didn't see it as a as a pussy move. They saw it as mm-hmm. man, damn, this guy really cares about us. Agreed. So you know, I like the way they're coming together. They're, I mean, they've been in a lot of close games. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> their record. I mean, their record sucks, but and I know they do suck, but they have been in a lot closer games than one would think. The way everyone talks about them. Yeah. I um, mean, they're a NFL record-breaking field goal yeah. from beating the Ravens. They're a uh, missed field goal in Pittsburgh away from erasing that tie and making it a win. So that's all I can think of off the top of my head. But, you know, they're in games. So they just beat what was the number one seed in the NFC. Or maybe they were tied with the Packers, whatever it was. But they're fighting. Yeah. They're fighting. They're fighting and... Are we about to see the Cardinals collapse for the third year in a row? I'm afraid we might. Uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, There really wasn't any excuse for this one because Kyler Murray came back and played great against the Bears, didn't have to do a whole lot, and then they got beat at home by the Rams. Didn't play very well. Maybe DeAndre Hopkins is – I mean, D-Hop's out. James Conner's a little banged up. Chase Edmonds just came back from a long absence. So I I don't really know. Like, see, the thing with the Rams one, like, that's a game they can lose. Like, that's not a surprise, like, a total surprise that they lost. This one, I mean, they didn't just lose the Lions. They got blown out. Yeah. 30 to 12. That's not close. (laughs) And what you had was arguably, arguably, the best team in the NFC against the worst team in the NFC. So, I don't think, I don't think many people came, uh, came out with winning tickets at the casino with the Lions on it, so... Uh, no, and they that got, was bizarre. Yeah, and they got shut out in the first half. So, I, you know. Crazy. Have you, uh, have you been following the Big Cat and Arizona Cardinals saga at all? No. I it's pretty funny. I don't know what the, how it started, but it sent, the bottom line is the Cardinals did not tweet the final score of that game. They, uh, if you go to their Twitter, their last tweets are Prater made a field goal. Yeah. Christian Kirk caught a touchdown. And then it's just blank. No post-game conferences. No final score, no injury updates. 
So Big Cat, I guess, is saying, like, you guys are cowards. You got to tweet this damn score. And then uh, <laughs> the Browns lost last night, and he uh, referenced their tweet and added, added the uh, Cardinals and said, this is how you do it, because the Browns tweeted the final score of, like, 16 to 13, whatever yeah. it was. He did the same thing when the Bears lost, which is his home team. And he goes, this is how it's done. So <laughs> it's just very – it's interesting to see that. I mean, I've never heard of a team not tweeting the final score. I mean – you do that when you lose. It's your job as the social media team. Yeah, Steelers do it. Steelers do it. I know every team does it. I've had to week. see That's... this. I've had to see the Steelers do it one too many times. So yeah, <laughs> cowards. I think is uh, the bottom line. So what's up with that, Arizona? Yeah, Arizona. Think you're better than everybody. Arizona, get your shit together. Think you're above the Lions? No, sir. I bet. I bet the Vikings tweeted it whenever they lost to the Lions. I bet they did. No. I know. I know the Steelers did whenever we tied it. Yep. Because <clears throat> we've got something called class. Yeah. You know, but that's what—that's something you expect from the best organizations, though, you know? Yeah. Arizona. We'll see what happens at the end of the year, but it's not looking great right now. We'll see if they can recover. Yeah. I mean, I have confidence in Kyler, but yikes. Yikes. <laughs> that, game, that game was ugly. Yeah. Um, speaking of other young quarterbacks, Tua Tagovailoa is a fucking dog. He, he is playing well in, in their seven- or six-game win streak. I mean, he's... I, th- I think we talked about it uh, last episode, but, I mean, through all the adversity he's had to go through there, I mean, he he's, he keeps his head down. He just works, you yeah. know? Yeah, he stays out of the media. I think he, there was a lot, of, um, a lot of animosity going on. There were talks about bringing Sean Watson and replacing him. And since that happened, I mean, maybe it happened a little right before the win streak started because let's keep in mind, they won a game and then lost seven. Mm-hmm. And now they've won six. Like, whatever the hell's going on. It's a game of runs, I guess. But whatever happened, he's just grinding away. And he's not the flashiest guy. It's not like he's blowing people away with stats or anything. But he's just winning games. So, I mean, he's beaten some good teams, some bad teams, which you wouldn't think you need to say. But the uh, the Cardinals just lost to the Lions. The Buccaneers lost to the Saints at home. Like, it, it's not – no no – Game is given in the NFL this year, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, two more games I think we should touch on was the Packers and Ravens. That was an electric game. It was a good game. Um, Credit to Tyler Huntley. He bought out. He might be, but have had the best game for a Ravens quarterback all year. I think I think he's a free agent after this year, so I'm sure he gets scooped up by someone. Yeah, he's a, he's a he's a good player. I mean, he he, he has he's like a Walmart brand. Uh, um, why am I blanking on his name? The actual, the usual quarterback, Lamar. For, Lamar, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could say that that was that was one of the better games I've seen from the Ravens. So, who's who's the Walmart version and who's Gucci? Well, I guess. Well, yeah, I know. I guess uh, Tyler Huntley had two rushing touchdowns and two throwing touchdowns. He was the first Ravens quarterback in franchise history to do that. So, not even Lamar has done that. In his, in his tenure there, which I couldn't believe it when I saw that. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he balled out. I was, you know, once Lamar was out, I was like, oh, Packers, Packers all day. I ended up being right by a point. Yeah. And thanks to John Harbaugh uh, not utilizing Justin Tucker for, you know. I guess I, I guess his logic is these, they're just hurt and yeah, what, stuff. What are your thoughts on the two-point conversions? Because they missed one against the Steelers to lose, and now they've missed one against the Packers to lose. Well, the – I mean, the play call against the Packers, I mean, the, the Packers were all over that one. Uh, I mean, a better throw by Lamar if T.J. Watt did, wasn't right in his face, getting in his way. 
I mean, they would have won that game. Against the Steelers? Yeah, against yeah. the Steelers. Um, but th- I think that this two-point conversion against the Packers was pretty much dead from the start. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Mark what? Andrews was covered. Oh, like white like, on by rice. like three people. <laughs> and Marquise Brown was wide open in the back of the end zone. Clearly yeah. there was a design there around it. Um, but And I'm not even sure if Lamar would have been able to improvise like that. But Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, for instance, finds that play. And it's just a matter. I do respect the play calling because I, kn- I think the Ravens are good at knowing when, you know, you get the chance to put away. Like, let's, let's say they, they kick the field goal and it goes to overtime. If Aaron Rodgers gets that ball first, it's over. Yeah. If Aaron Rodgers gets that ball second and you guys don't score, it's over. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, not, I'm not staring down Aaron Rodgers in overtime. And against the Steelers, not that our offensive weapon or our unit is the same, but his explanation was they were banged up. They couldn't stop us. We weren't, they weren't making any progress on us on offense. I agree with the call. Go for it. The Ravens, they had some losses to play with. Now they're 8-6 and six and out of the playoffs, but, like, you got to take those chances when your your team your unit's not full. So yeah, uh, I, I'm okay with both play calls. I I like the aggression. So that's just me. Well, I I know what the that he's he's always asking the offense like, oh, what do you think here? Do you think we should go for two or whatever? I wonder what the defense thinks about that. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. I never really thought about it. Because like I mean, both those games, that's basically saying, I don't trust us at our defense in overtime. So yeah. we're just gonna try to end this thing right now. Yeah. Now, hurt, but they let up 31 points to in that game, so that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure I blame them. True. Coaching's tough. Tough gig. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's why they get paid the big bucks. That is correct. Um, and then uh, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers uh, died this past week against the Saints, uh, putting up a big old goose egg. That game was... Uh, that was pretty boring after a pretty exciting game, uh, uh, slate of day games. Uh, final score was nine nothing, so yeah, real shootout there. Yeah, and it's weird. I, I'm I'm a guy that respects defensive football, and the only defense that showed up was the Saints. So this game was like almost half interesting to me. The Saints were all over Brady. They took advantage of, and you know, unfortunate news: Chris Godwin out for the year with an ACL. Mike Evans is now going to miss a couple weeks with a hamstring, or. Or something, and Leonard Fournette is also going to miss a few weeks with mm-hmm. a hamstring. So they uh, got pretty decimated on offense, and the Saints took advantage. They had like five sacks on Brady, whatever it was. That was great defensive football. Now, on the other side of the ball, the Saints' offense is terrible. Oh, so bad. And so was the Buccaneers. Like I don't, I can't even credit the Bucks' defense. But you look at it, and it's like the Bucks weren't even doing anything. The Saints are just terrible. It was just. One yard runs up the middle, and every time T- I think Taysom Hill completed one pass further than two yards, like it was pretty ugly. So credit to the Saints defense; that's the only unit that really showed up that day, that game. So yeah, and shout out to Tom Brady for running over the Saints sideline and yet telling the go, coach to go fuck yourself, go fuck yourself, bitch. <laughs> yeah, you gotta ask. Like teams are getting flagged for taunting for far less than that. So um, I guess if you're Tom Brady, it doesn't apply. Maybe people, I mean, they don't even know what the hell taunting is. Well, I was listening to Ian Rappaport talk about this, and he says their taunting fines usually come out on Fridays or Saturdays. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what they give him there. Yeah. If anything at all. I mean, they, they do suck Tom Brady's dick in this yeah, league. So. They kind of have to. He's like the Jordan of the 90s. Oh, yeah, know? I know. But You're, you're going to do what you can to make him happy because he brings in a lot of money. So 
Well, he they, he also said it's a six thousand dollar fine for that. So it's like I mean he, he what, pro- is, what is that? He probably carries that around in his yeah pocket. If I if I stole six thousand dollars from Tom Brady, I think he'd thank me for getting it out of his pockets because it was uncomfortable. <laughs> He's not gonna miss that. He probably made more than that in this conversation. Like. That's, I don't know. That's okay. just, you know, the NFL and discipline, like, there's there's no consistency. Oh, you know what? We just had breaking news about an hour or so ago. Uh, with Leonard Fournette being out, uh, Le'Veon Bell is going to the Bucks. The- Reunited with a- Antonio Brown. Got two of the three Bs back together. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe the uh, Bucks will trade for Big Ben, you know. Maybe they're I mean, Brady had just got shut out. I mean, that's yeah, pretty, that's pretty embarrassing. Sounds ben, like he sucks. Ben didn't get shut out. <laughs> yeah, so maybe the Killer Bees will reunite down in Tampa Bay, and maybe the Steelers will grab uh, Tom Brady. Oh, that wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, crazy news. I mean, Le'Veon Bell has now gone from the Chiefs last year. I'm pretty sure he got added around the same time. It was like week 15 or something. Yeah, and now he's getting so. added to the Bucks. Like both teams are very capable of making a playoff run. Like what a poacher. Yeah, he got signed to the Ravens earlier this year, uh, got called up, got about, I don't know, 40, 40 yards in a couple games. Maybe a touchdown. Yeah, I think he had one, maybe two. <clears throat> yeah, and then got cut again, and then out of the Bucks. Well, there's a reason he's uh, Twitter DMing or tweeting at Jake Paul because he wants to fight him. Uh, he wants to box him. So that's uh, I think that's about when you know your career's done. Man, that would be a tough... I don't know who I root for in that uh, in that fight. I, <laughs> root for? I, I hate both of them. <laughs> See, it's weird. I don't really hate Le'Veon Bell. I just think you know he's stupid. Like yeah. he sat out a year. You know, you told the Steelers all year. You told your linemen you were coming back, and then you didn't. It's kind yeah. of a low move. You thought you could get more yards. You didn't. Or more yards. Sorry, I'm watching Daryl Henderson just carry half the Seahawks defense for a gain of twelve. Uh, he thought he could get more money. Didn't. Took a deal with the Jets. But that was the Jets. Great thinking. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, bounced around. Was that his? Was it the Chiefs after that? Was that the next stop? I believe it was. Yeah. So Chiefs and he uh, wasn't getting playing time, and then he took it out on Andy Reid and called him like a bad coach. And then Andy Reid's like, I don't give a shit what you think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, everybody knows what's going on here. Your career's done. So now he's getting one more chance. So I don't really hate Le'Veon Bell. He's yeah. just a guy that unfortunately tried to. He thought the grass would be greener. Instead, he found a pile of shit. Yeah, I guess I guess hate is the wrong word for him. But yeah, I mean, yeah, that's I mean that's two people. I I mean I do hate Jake I, Paul. <laughs> yeah, I mean that guy's ridiculous. I mean I don't know I don't know if this is fake if it's whatever, but we'll save that for another podcast. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's. Uh, oh, we we have a new segment we're gonna do here. We are going to get into the playoff uh, mindset here. Because playoffs start now Play- for, for the AFC, at least. The AFC North <clears throat> especially. It's uh, it's playoff time. Yeah. So we're just going to go through the AFC and NFC, and we're going to give you the teams that we think are going to make uh, the playoffs. So I think we both have for the – let's um, – now nah, let's start with the NFC because the, the AFC is more interesting. Yeah, NFC is a bit easier. So. so I think we both have the same for our top – uh, five in this one? Yeah, I think the NFC is pretty top-heavy, so um, I think Scott and I are both in agreement. Right now, I think the Packers are the best team in the NFC. Uh, yes. They sit atop. They have clinched the division because their division's garbage. 11-3, um, and three, uh, they're in first. They currently hold the bye. 
a game ahead of the Cowboys, Buccaneers, and Cardinals. All three of which, I think Scott and I, again, in agreement, will hold playoff spots now. This up, is this is the order they're in. Cooper Cup Cooper has Cup scored again. again. Wow. So there goes Garvey's first week in the shit bowl of our fantasy football league. Oh, yes, FYI. Uh, the shit bowl for fantasy, the loser has to run a lemonade stand until they make $100. As a grown adult. So, yes, a 24-, 25-year-old male has to sit outside and sell lemonade to people driving by. So, <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, I think the uh, average cup of lemonade goes for about uh, a nickel these days. <laughs> yeah. So that is, uh, that is what we're dealing with. So, yeah, it looks like that'll be all she wrote for week one of the shit bowl. It's a three-week contest, mm-hmm. best two out of three. So, Yeah, okay, so going back to the NFC, uh, yeah, so th- these are in no particular order. We're just picking the teams that we think are going to make it. So right now the order that is currently in is the Packers, Cowboys, Bucks, Cardinals. Those four are for shoe-ins. Uh, the Rams. Probably also, probably, probably also a shoe-in. We think we'll be in. Um, and that's the first wild card spot there. It could be the Cardinals, it could be the Rams, depending on how that division yeah. finishes up. But uh, one of the, the first one there is a wild card. I think we're actually in agreement on the last two wild cards too, huh? Yeah, it's, it's looking right now. So San Francisco at 8-6 and six holds the second. And then you've got Minnesota and New Orleans at 7-7. Seven and seven. Uh, San Francisco's playing pretty uninteresting ball, but good ball, you know? I think it was the Pirates back in, like, 2015 when they were good, but no one cared because they're the Pirates. Yeah. Is uninteresting is not always a bad thing. They're winning games, whether or not they're pretty. Jimmy G, getting the job done. Defense is playing fine. Um, now, the other two teams is where it gets a little dicier. For instance, the, uh, the Saints lost to the... Giants this year. Mm-hmm. Um, the Vikings lost to the Lions this year. They're kind of wild cards, but they also have good wins under the belt. The Saints beat the Packers in Week One. Uh, Vikings just beat the Steelers. Not that you know anyone's really riding them to the Super Bowl, but um, a little dicey. How do you think that'll finish up there? Well, I think I think I got to go with the Vikings uh, to get that last wild card spot, just because I mean the Saints. I mean their their roster just isn't as good. I think. Um, and uh, Kirk Cousins got another primetime prime win. win. He's uh, I think I saw he's like four and one <laughs> or like three and one in his last uh, four or five starts. So uh, maybe he, has he snapped the curse? We'll find out. Also, you want to see something funny? He is. I think I saw today he's zero and eight on Monday Night Football, <laughs> but he's two and zero oh on Monday Night Football when he plays the Chicago Bears. So that was his uh, second win against the Bears. That's and not really something to write home. No, about. it's not. But you know, credit where credit's due. Hey, wins, due. wins a win, right? Exactly. So, <laughs> yes. Um, so that's. I mean, that's pretty much what we think. I mean, all the other teams in the NFC aren't very good. Yeah, there's a really big drop. There's off. a big. I mean, the the top dogs are top dogs, but yes. then but then the rest of them are, you know, pretty shitty. Yeah, and it's not impossible. Like, there's a couple teams fighting their way back. Like, maybe the Eagles can sneak their way into a wild card. They they might finish like, they might be six and eight or something after this. So, game behind those guys. But well, Seahawks technically still have a chance if they can win out. Yeah, so. I don't. I don't think the Seahawks have a chance. But they're they either. desperately need to win this game if they do. They and want now a chance. Down seven. So let's see if uh, Mister Unlimited can bring them back. Unlimited. Here. All right. Now on to the. 
AFC, which is jam-packed. This is where it gets dicey. Uh, I think we have we are in agreement with a couple of the top teams that are going to make it. Uh, the Chiefs, uh, the Patriots. I think the Titans are going to make it, whether they win their division or not. Which I don't uh, think they will. I think the Colts are going to yeah. win that division. They are red hot. Yeah, um, that's the other team. I and think the better are, team, I think. Yeah, that's the other team that's going to make it, the Colts. So I think you'll see two teams there. Um, I'm not – I think the Bengals will come out on top on the AFC North just because the Ravens aren't playing well. I know they played well against the Packers, but – couple weeks before that they looked like dog shit uh the Steelers can't score and the Browns until the fourth quarter yeah until the fourth <laughs> but but then usually it's too late um and the Browns aren't playing well either so I think the Bengals can uh squeak out on top of that division yeah right now I do think it's the Bengals division to lose um <clears throat> I'll be honest, I, I think they might be the best team in the division right now. Yeah. Which is crazy, because I think everybody at the beginning of the season thought that they were the only one not capable of winning the division. I mm-hmm. saw, like, everybody was like, oh, Browns easily, or Ravens easily. Maybe the Steelers get eight wins and sneak their way. The Bengals were gifted, like, four wins at the beginning of the year, which, um, shame on everybody, because I was a part of that group, and they're they're playing very good ball right now. Inconsistent ball. Yeah, that's the one knock on them. That's the problem, is it's going to come down to these last three games, obviously. I mean, everybody in the AFC North is a game separated. So uh, they have the same exact schedule as the Pittsburgh Steelers. They play the Browns, the Ravens, and the Chiefs. The Steelers play the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Browns, whatever that order is. So it's right there, and God damn it, the Steelers tied that game against the Lions, or else we'd be in a wild card spot with the tiebreaker, but... Um, it's going to come down to who can win those division games. Um, it's going to be a really interesting stretch. So I don't know who to root for in the AFC. You know, it's like if I root for the Ravens, then the Ravens might be a game ahead of us, mm-hmm. but the Bengals might be. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. So it comes down to last two wild card teams again here. Um, <coughs> I like the Chargers, and I have the Dolphins knocking out of the Bills the Bills out of that final wild card spot. Yeah, and I'm going to take a slightly different approach. I think the Bills will hang on to that spot. They um, they get to play, I forget who it is, they play two crappy teams, two or three to finish the year. Yeah. And they can beat down on crappy teams. I don't think that'll get them very far in the playoffs. But playoffs? Playoffs. <laughs> so I think they'll grab it. Uh, Chargers is a little more interesting. I see them as about a similar team to the Bengals, for instance. Uh, inconsistent, very talented. They barely snuck away with a win from the Steelers. A couple bad losses still, so we'll see. Um, God, the Dolphins are hot too, though, so it's crazy. I think my only difference in opinion is I think that the Bills will hang on to that playoff spot and um, the Chargers fall. I do think that maybe the Dolphins or the Steelers can sneak their way in. So, well, I mean, look, I mean, there's still six teams. Sitting at seven, 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 seven. It's or, ridiculous. Or you know, to eight and six with the Ravens. So I mean, everyone has a chance. And as we've learned this year, anything can happen on Sunday. Yeah. Or now Saturday and Thursday and apparently or Tuesday. Tuesday. So <laughs> a lot of good football going on here. So yeah. it's going to be crazy. But um, I do think in a playoff, uh, the high level scope, um, 
in the AFC. It's looking pretty good for, I think, the Chiefs, the Patriots, and the Colts. I think those are the three teams that can win out of the AFC. We're talking about how the heavy hitters are in the NFC. If it's going to be anyone, it's going to be Patrick Mahomes, Bill Belichick, or Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor. Taylor. So. Yeah, I mean, that, it's so funny that the the conferences are stacked up like this because in the AFC, you have a lot of mediocre teams with a couple dogs stacked up, yep. up top. And then you got, I mean, you got your shit teams, the Jets, the Texans, and Jags. But only three shit teams. But in the NFC, you got, you're stacked up top. And, and half then of them are shit. And then you have a huge drop off. Yeah, let's 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 face it. I mean, like, we talked about the Vikings and the Saints. They could fight for a spot here, but I don't think Washington's any good. The Eagles should be better. Falcons stink. Seahawks started terrible, but they're doing okay. Panthers stink. Giants stink. Bears stink. Lions stink. Well, the, I mean, the other thing with these uh, NFC teams is like, if one of these mediocre to shit teams somehow sneaks their way in, they're getting bounced first round. That's yeah. That you know, that's, that's the problem is what can they do in the playoffs? So. That's what you got to look at. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that I think those are our picks for now. Uh, obviously, we're going to I got a keep... question for you. What? Sh- shifting gears here. No. Who wins Offensive Player of the Year, Jonathan Taylor or Cooper Cup? Oh, that's a great question. It's got to be one of those two, right? Okay. No question. I think you'd have – I mean, right now I'm just inclined to say Jonathan Taylor. I like Jonathan Taylor too. He's a the, dog, I think man. the impact mm-hmm. on his team is greater than what Cooper Cup. Obviously, he's doing wonders for a wide receiver. But that'll be an interesting uh, little side battle to the end yeah. of the year. See who comes away with that. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah, I those two. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, Cup, he's, sta- he's staying in the race. He, just ha- he already has two tutties tonight. Does. Oh, oh dude. DK is – like too fast. He's not playing great. <laughs> no. Maybe that's partly Russ. I don't know because he had a beat there. Yeah. So the the Seahawks just turned it over. Oh, uh, they got a punt. Yeah, they got a punt. <clears throat> so. Um. All right. I think that's it. So what do you say we get to our uh, picks of the week? Let's get to it. All and right. uh, just a. Quick little update for everybody in the year standings. I have snuck my way back one game ahead of Scott. I now sit perfectly 500 at 15 and 15 to Scott's 14 and 16. I uh, got the better of him in the head-to-head a couple weeks ago, and uh, and we each got our upset. So, or excuse me, our lock. Yeah, yeah you're, you're colorblind. Sorry, he's colorblind. He can't say. So we both I, got our we both got our lock. We just had to choose red and green. And then we, well, you chose them. I did because <laughs> you know red means bad and green means good. That's, that's what I've been taught. Yeah, and then uh, so we both lost our upsets. Uh, so he got me on the head-to-head match. So that's where he got the extra win. All right, so on to this week. Let's go with our upsets first. And Kev, you want to start us off? Yeah, so I've got the uh, Ravens uh, taking down the Browns, I believe. Let me pull it back up here. Sorry. <laughs> Digging through some other stuff. Um, where the hell is it? Um, no, it's the Ravens upsetting the Bengals. Excuse me. So they, um, they enter this game, and as we were talking about, <clears throat> Bengals are inconsistent. They've lost a couple games they shouldn't have. The Ravens have lost a few games now in their last few weeks, but it came down to two-point conversions. So as the Ravens do, the Ravens pull wins out of their ass. I think that they can do that. 
whether it's Lamar or Tyler Huntley, both of them are talented. They're missing a lot of pieces, but I think John Harbaugh is a good coach, and they're going to play ballsy football. So I think that um, the vision on the line, I trust the Ravens more than I trust the Bengals. So. Nice. I like it. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I hope you are too, but, well, yeah. All right. I'm going with the Colts over the Cardinals, uh, plus one, uh, I think. The, the Cardinals are at home, so that's why they're favored. Um, I'm doing this because the Colts uh, offensively and defensively are playing out of their minds right now. I mean, and Jonathan Taylor, like we said, is leading the cause. But, they're de- I mean, their defense is forcing interceptions, turnovers. I mean, you name it. Um, and then I just don't like the way that the Cardinals lost to the Lions. And I know sometimes that could just, like, really light a fire. Um, but following that loss up with a game against the Red Hot Colts, I think that might just be too much for them. I think they play better than they did against the Lions, but I think the Colts will just be too much for them. Hard to play much worse. Yeah. So, all right, and then on to the locks. Um, so Scott and I, we sacked up this week. Uh, we, uh, we've got some cojones, and we're going to pick two more underdogs for our locks. Yeah. Um... <clears throat> I'm going to go ahead and grab the Denver Broncos over the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders uh, had a game-winning kick against a COVID-ridden um, Cleveland Browns, but they have lost six of their last eight, and the Broncos are playing better. They did lose Teddy Bridgewater to a scary concussion last week, which means Drew Lockson, but I think that their run game— Yeah, thoughts and prayers to yeah, Teddy. we like Teddy Two Gloves a lot. I hope he's okay. Um but I think that they can control this game on the ground. They've got Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. I mean, both playing great football. I think they control the game. I think um, I just think it's a game that they can win. And since they're both fighting for that wild card spot, I think it's no secret that the Broncos have a better shot at it in the playoffs than the Raiders. It's just kind of died down for them. So I'm going to take the team that's got a, a little more heat uh, to their team. So I'm going to go with them. Uh, one, point, one point underdog. Risky week here for the boys. Uh, I'm going with the Dolphins over the Saints, plus three. Um, And I'm doing this because I think the Saints aren't good. Um, And I I just love the way the Dolphins are playing and the way Tua's slinging the ball. Um, Yeah, I mean, you know, to be honest with you, even though the Dolphins are on this win streak, I haven't really seen, like, watched a lot of their games. I don't know if you have. Not much. I've just seen, like, some highlights and stats and stuff. So I don't really have anything to base this on, really. I just like the way they're playing. I like the win streak. I hope it continues. Um, So, yeah, I'm going with the underdogs, Dolphins. Yeah, no, I agree. I would take steady over uh, sporadic any day. I mean, yeah, yeah, they upset the Buccaneers, but they didn't score a touchdown. Yeah. So. Yeah, and and no, it was not nothing. And, uh, you know. I like the way the Dolphins are winning. I mean, they're quiet. Um, they're really not getting a lot of press. I mean, basically whenever people talk about them, they're just talking about the win streak. Yep. And, I mean, they're not really saying much else about them, so they're sticking to themselves. I like it. Yeah, not much else to say. <clears throat> yeah. they got a good run defense, and I think most of uh, the Saints' offense is Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill on the ground. So. Yep. Um, not bad. All right, and then for the head-to-head, uh, not a ton of great options this week. So Scott and I... Uh, went for the divisional battle between the Patriots and the Bills. We saw a very close uh, 
Interesting game, you could say. A couple weeks ago, Mac Jones threw the ball three times, and the Patriots got the win in Buffalo. I've got the Patriots at home, minus two and a half. Scott, ergo. Yeah, I have the Bills at plus two and a half. Um, I'm not super confident with this one. Neither am I. But, um, I mean, they're better than the other games we were looking at. I mean, we were looking at the, the Colts and some other team, but we both like the Colts. Um, yeah. So, I mean, this was kind of just, like, our only option if we wanted to have a close game because a lot of the spreads are, like, seven or more, you know, seven, nine and a half, ten, you know, whatever. Yeah. So. Uh, and this one's divisional, two playoff teams, keep it interesting. So, um, yeah, essentially what it came down to me is I, I agree the Bills are better than what we've been seeing. Um, to me, comes down to uh, comes down to coaching. I think that uh, Bill Belichick will get it done. I think he outcoached Sean McDermott in Buffalo, even though uh, I don't know if you saw his postgame, Sean McDermott. No. Kind of a little bitch. Um, he came out and, like the reporter said, like, hey, you got outcoached. And he goes, well, let's not give credit where it doesn't belong. Oh. Like, and I was like, boy, they ran the ball 100 times and threw it three times and you lost. Like, you just got outcoached by the best coach in football history. Yeah. Why can't you just own up to that? You just sound like a little petty bitch. So um, I think uh, Belichick does it again. I think the better coach uh, will win the game. Playoffs on the line, you know, to secure that spot in the AFC East. I'm going to go with Bill Belichick. Yeah, I'm hoping the Bills bounce back here. Um, But, yeah, I mean, the thing is, I mean, at uh, New England is the real kicker for me. That's – I mean, because I know circumstances were – very strange at the game uh, up in Buffalo, the wind, the snow, all that stuff. Uh, I mean, that'd be tough for anyone to coach, but, I mean, Bill Belichick knows football like the back of his hand. Yeah. So he knew what he what, what he was doing. I mean, Sean McDermott's up in Buffalo, but I'm sure he's never seen weather like that. No. So. No, that was a unique one for sure. So. Yeah, I'm, sure, I'm not sure a lot. Of, I mean, I'm sh- sure every other coach in the league would have lost to Bill Belichick in those conditions. Um. Yeah, but Bill's uh, over Pats, I'm hoping for. So get back on track, Buffalo. And that will do it. Our first ever vodcast in the same room. We did it, Kev. Mm, I think this good. I, th- I think this did sound more natural. Yeah, I agree. You yeah, know, see, you know, devices divide us. Yeah. You know? You know, you gotta have face-to-face conversations with people. You know, it's this it's is a more, unit. this is this is what humans were made for. I know. You know? Um, oh wait, before we go, you know, let's just stick around for this fourth and six. Big here. fourth down. <clears throat> Seahawks got the ball at the fifty. Brutal. Four, fourth and six. Three minutes, twenty-seven seconds left. Down a down a score. Had a tough false start to <clears throat> send them back five yards. Could have been third and one, and they got stuck. <clears throat> let's see if Mister Unlimited's got <clears throat> Mr. it. Mister Unlimited. Yeah, here we go. He's rushed. Can he? They might throw oh. a flag. No Ooh. flag. Ooh. Oh, DJ Dallas is pissed. They might throw one at him for kicking the ball. I'm not sure that was a flag. I'd have to see a replay. Yeah, it was close. The ball was... Um, oh, that's probably it on... might be on DJ <clears throat> Dallas for kicking the ball delay a game. Um, he, he was angry. I think he wanted a flag. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't look like the Rams are worried. Oh, hey, it's not over yet, though. Still nope. some time on the clock. They got to get a stop. But Seattle wishes they had that time. <laughs> uh-huh. Burn, though. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, penalty on Seattle. Ball. You got to be uh, a little more disciplined than that. I know you're angry, but um, yep, there's the helmet <clears throat> throw. He's not happy, but well, yeah. now, well, now he just gave them the ball at the in almost in field goal range. Yeah, like at the forty or something. He's hot. Let's go see if uh, they missed the call. Yeah. I mean, the ball was grossly underthrown, but yeah, there might have been some early contact there. Um, he t- he did touch him early. I mean, that's a ticky-tacky call. I mean, yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, don't kick the ball. Yeah, yeah, tough, tough call. Yeah. I mean, I could see it going either way. Huh. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Now that now, the Rams have the ball at the Seattle thirty-five, and, and Sony Michelle to the red zone. Uh, stayed in bounds, very smart. Yeah, I mean that's the kind of thing that can really take you out. So, tough call doesn't help, but you got to be better than that. Yeah, it's fifteen yards, just gifted. Yeah, you just want to stay on, have this episode go on for the last couple minutes here. Might as well stick around, <laughs> folks. You already know what happened at this point, but. Oh, by the way, while we're uh, doing this, I got to give a shout out to one of our loyal listeners, uh, my cousin Cole. Uh, he uh, listens every week. Whenever we were taking our hiatus for a couple weeks, he he texted me every week. He was like, "When's the next episode coming up? When's the next episode Not coming just up?" Loyalty, loyalty at its finest. There, we love yeah. we love having the support from the fans. Yeah, so shout out, Cole, man. Uh, uh, we love you and hope you keep listening. Cheers. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is going to start dragging out here. Yeah, Once, it looks like uh, maybe the Rams are at least getting a field goal, making it two scores. So. They, I mean, if they get it, well, if they get another first down at this point. Doesn't even matter. That's true. Yeah. No. Dean Blandino, rules analyst. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's a. I would agree. Yeah, we go, we we change them on. That's a pass interference that missed call. <clears throat> no, I mean that that camera angle there. Yeah. Is significantly uh, more clear than the other side. Yeah. Again, the refs in this league f- are fu- are fucking awful. Yeah. <clears throat> <clears throat> Big tackle for loss there. But hey, Kev, what do you say? You, you can't blame the refs. No. Good, good teams can overcome bad refs. Good teams overcome bad refs. I mean, yeah, you can point the finger at the refs on that pass interference, but, I mean, 10 points. That's not good enough, Seattle. You got no no right to blame the refs for this game. Yeah, Seattle also had 27 total yards going into the final drive before the first half where they drove down the field. But they had 27 yards in it. In almost two quarters. Yeah, so uh, tough, <clears throat> but you know. Oh man, two minute warning. Fuck this. All right, let's yeah. just let's just sign off. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening. You're gonna yeah. know what happened at the end of this, anyways. So yeah, so signing off. Um, yeah, so I don't think we'll be back next week. Uh, Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry, to all you. Merry Christmas, Christmas everyone. everyone. Thank you uh, for listening again. Um, and hope, happy New Year. Hopefully, you enjoyed this. Uh, once in a lifetime episode. Live. Yeah. It's probably going to be the only one all season. Perhaps, yes. Probably next season as yeah. well, yeah. Yeah, hey, you never know. The holidays are going to be around. Yep. 
Yeah, maybe we, yeah, maybe we do this we every do a holiday special. Yeah, we do yeah. a holiday special. Maybe we dress up like Santa next year. Yeah. Yeah. Jingle, jingle bells. Yeah, and then we can post the picture on the Instagram. Yes. <laughs> and then we will play Christmas music as we discuss. I love it. I think we got some. Look at this. We're, we're getting so much better every you year. You guys got a live look <laughs> at the production of this show. Yeah, you get yeah, you get you just got to see how our weird minds work. Incredible. All right. So, all right, last goodbye. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you uh, after the New Year's.